0: Well, good morning. It's great to be here coming from Georgetown, but also, as Josh mentioned, from our farm. It actually is just uh, about six weeks ago, we sold our dairy herd. And that's five generations actually on our farm that we were uh, milking cows, growing apples. And so my dad's still on the farm and my brother. And so we're still doing some of the apple side of the farm. But it's a major change in, in our lives, Barb and I. With uh, not that day to day grind, somewhat of a dairy farm. But alongside of the farm, uh, the Lord did allow me to come and join the staff at Maple Avenue in Georgetown. There's some familiar faces here as we host semi trust seminars at Georgetown. I know a few of your names, so I feel like I'm with family this morning and worshiping God together. That was just beautiful, Stefan, as you led. So if we take our Bibles together, we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 16 to 21. I'm going to have you do what we do in our home church, or we're going to stand for the reading of God's word. So let's stand together. Verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. and entrusting to us a message of reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors for christ god making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of christ be reconciled to god for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god you may be seated as we pray Father, I thank you for what we've sung to this point, Lord, that your word will prosper and that we can come and seek your face and turn from ways that our, that our hearts move away from you and come back and, and seek uh, the blessing through Christ and the blessing of knowing you and that you grant us a heart that wants to please you. So Lord, I thank you for this ministry of reconciliation that you have loved us so much and we've sung of your grace. So Lord, encourage us and and send us out today uh, with a mission that you've given us from this passage. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. It was uh, during World War I, and this was the story of a grandfather who actually took part in uh, the British Army and telling the story to his grandson that there was uh, 1,600 soldiers in the British Army that was uh, ready for, for an attack about the next morning. But intel had come to a commander that said they're gonna be walking into an ambush and certain death unless they were warned. So in those days with telegraph cables cut and telephone lines unreliable, it was a, there used to be a physical means to take the message. So this grandson's grandfather was one of the two men said, you need to take this intel to this group of soldiers. And it was basically, halt, stop that attack. You are walking blindly to a massacre. So the message was taken, the the grandfather remembered. It was uh, through the uh, no man's land, they called it. That was, uh, they kind of came out of the trench and out of that protective area. And he said, usually the mist in the morning was six feet high. And the voice of my grandfather was fast and he was only five and a half feet tall. And him and another man went through the mist, through no man's land, through German encampments, crossing a river through a town and into the woods to where this army was, bringing a message that would save their lives. And that's just such an amazing story. And to think about that intel, that message that would bring their safety and would protect them. So our passage this morning is also about a message. It's a message for the world. It's a message entrusted to us. It's a message for the the heart, and it's a message of a heart coming to life. So I'd like to look at three Christ-centered phrases in this passage this morning. First of all, new creations in Christ. Secondly, we'll look at reconciliation through Christ. And lastly, ambassadors for Christ. So seeing verse 17, first of all, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then that central phrase in verse 18, all this is from God. And that's something we're looking at. This new creation, how does it happen? Uh, The old is passed away. It was actually in chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians that Paul writes about the Old Covenant. So a little bit of that theme is, is going through this passage, the Old and the New Covenant. And this Old Covenant that was, uh, actually Paul called it a ministry of condemnation. It was Moses going in for a period with God, and he would come out and his face would be shining. But because of it was, it was a, a shining that would be fading, a glory that would be fading, Moses would put a veil over his face. So here was an Old Covenant, but there was still a veil. That actually pictured what that old covenant meant—not something to to actually bring us right with God, but it it shows that there's something still yet to come. Paul would also call it a ministry of death. He would say, "This is something written on tablets of stone." But then he said, "Now we see in this passage, but the new has come." So what was Paul saying about the new? He said it's a ministry of the Spirit. So the old the ministry of condemnation but now this ministry of the spirit or ministry of righteousness so this new covenant was ushering something far different and and that's just the glory of that covenant and it was a permanent glory and written not with ink on stone but paul would say by the spirit of the living god written on the tablets of our heart and that's something only god can do isn't it this is from god It ushered in now a new covenant. Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Chapter 3 would say again, so from the old covenant, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So that's what we see now. The new has come. And this new covenant in the blood of Christ that God has brought for us. And it's a covenant for the heart we do see that there was an issue in the church of of Corinth. People drawing uh, these super ministries, or men coming in, drawing people away from the, the glory of this covenant. So Paul said in verse 12, that don't boast about outward appearance that some people draw you towards, but our boast is about the heart. So of course we see this new covenant is about our heart, and it's a spiritual creation. Now that old covenant as well, we might see it inciting what we we would think of ourselves, the old man, the man before Christ. In Titus 3, Paul writes that we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to passions and lusts, spending our days in malice and envy, hated by others, hating one another. So when we see that, that, that's that old man. This is what we are before we come To faith in Christ but it says but when the loving kindness and the goodness of God appeared it says by his mercy he saved us not by anything we could do which kind of leans back in the old covenant doesn't it do works we can kind of make ourselves look righteous before God but we can't so of course this is this uh, this new man that has come and what did Paul say to Titus through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit so that just, we're, we're seeing that word regeneration. And it's similar to what we see now in new creation. This washing of regeneration and the working of the Holy Spirit. Again, that new covenant was the ministry of the Spirit. And written on our hearts. Paul would say something similar in Ephesians. About the rich mercy and the love of God. Even when we were children of wrath. But even when we were dead, He saved us. So who can bring the dead to life? Only God. God has raised us up through the blood of Christ. There was a man came to Jesus, we know in John 3 as well. A man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And he said to the Lord, Teacher, we know that no one can do all these things that you do unless God is with them. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Well, Nicodemus says, how can this be? Which he said, "One is born of water and the Spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit." So we see this this born again, this regeneration. This and Nicodemus couldn't understand it. And it was basically my story follows that line as well. Raised up in the United Church, um, very involved in our church, from the you know baptized in the United Church and going with my mom and dad, my grandparents, family, cousins. That's what a country church is, we're all related. And the the rural church. But I was on a a, a trip with our band and we went actually over to Scotland for 17 days and this girl who also was steeped in church life said to me, Terry, have you been born again? And I said, I go to church every Sunday. I said, I'm reading my Bible. I serve at the church. And, and she asked me again, but have you been born again? And very frustrating woman, this girl. <laughs> and anyways, when I look back, you know, I was wearing Nicodemus robes. I had on this pharisaical robe that looked like there was religion. And, and looked like I was, I was right with God. And people, I, and one man even told me one time, he said, Terry, you, you look like a Christian. This, I think you're what a Christian should look like. And I mean, what deception. And, and Nicodemus, Jesus, who loved Nicodemus, said, you must be born again, Nicodemus, to see the kingdom of God. And that's what this girl was telling me. Well, it was 12 years later in my life, you know, in my early 20s, through a sinful promiscuity and just following my flesh, Even with all this church life coming up, there was a a deep-rooted sin came in my life and it caused me to be brought down to, a, the Bible would say, like a crust of bread. Just brought down to a place where I had nowhere to look. Just completely broken. My sister actually drove me to Brampton Hospital when I couldn't move. I was so full of anxiety. It was just like I thought, this is the end, actually, at that time. But it really was the beginning. Now I'm telling it. But at that time, I recognized, Terry, your sin has brought you low and you, you this scene needs sin needs to be addressed and and this is this work of god we talk about god's spirit flooding upon me this regeneration god said terry i'm going to do something for you. i'm going to wash you and and all of a sudden i i looked and this savior i thought i knew all of a sudden was this savior who died for me and showing terry there's a new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins and at that point i was just you know what Bev was reading there just run and come you buy and okay how much does it cost whatever it is and it's nothing but it was everything to me so to put off Nicodemus robes and to put on the robes of Christ just think of that that's what this new creation gone is man's righteousness and this deadness this old covenant fading glory just turn back to chapter 4 verse 6 This new creation, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, that's creation, has shone now in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this glorious new covenant, this Jesus glory now shining in me and in us. And it's a permanent glory. This glory of Moses fading away, this old covenant, but now this permanent glory. Through Jesus Christ, through the sealing of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. Ezekiel says in chapter 36, the prophet writes, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean of all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove that old heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. So that's that amazing blessing. And He said, "I will put My Spirit within you." So the whole Bible is pointing, isn't it, to this glorious new covenant? And so, when that old covenant, there's still a veil. People need to turn to Christ. And that's the message God has given us this morning. We had a missionary in our church one time from Georgia. And uh, his name was Reza. And he's ministering to people from Iran to send them back to Iran, into the mission field of Iran. And he just simply said about the gospel, he says, when we come before the Lord, the Father's going to put his his ear down to our chest and listen for the heartbeat of Christ. This heart, this new heart that we've been given, we talk about by his grace, we've sung about it, and it's just such a glorious thing. We're new creations in Christ, and all this is from God. When I was dead in sin, I was there was no way I could do anything about it, but we who were dead in sin, he has made us alive in Christ by the movement of his spirit. So we're new creations in Christ, but also we're going to read in verse 18 about reconciliation through Christ. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Joshua, I appreciated your reading from Romans 5. How are we reconciled to God? For if when we were enemies, Joshua read Romans 5, we were reconciled through his death. Paul would write something similar in Colossians, that we were once alienated and enemies in our mind through our wicked works, yet now he has reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death. That beautiful, we think of the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. The, the Savior came to die. So, reconciliation through Christ is on account of his death on our behalf. So, we have regeneration through union with Christ, and now reconciliation by the death of Christ. And it's through forgiveness. And it's for the world, isn't it? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for us. And not imputing sin. Remember that old covenant, that ministry of condemnation? But now the ministry of righteousness and and from the love and the heart of God. He took our sin upon him. So... Reading a, a, a article from Kent Hughes, he was talking about what happened on the three hours when Jesus was on the cross and darkness covered the earth. That point where Jesus was in darkness, something we couldn't see. Fanny Crosby would write, would write tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Something miraculous. Christ on the cross. Reconciling us to God. As Moses lifted up the serpent, Jesus said, The Son of Man must also be lifted up. And as Fanny wrote, Writhing in anguish and pain. Kent Hughes writes this, On the cross Christ was robed. We talked about Nicodemus' robe. Now we're robed in Christ's righteousness. But on the cross Christ was robed in all that is highness and hateful. As the mass of our corruption was poured out upon him. Wave after wave of our sin was poured out over Christ's sinless soul. Again and again during those three hours, his soul re- recoiled and convulsed as all our lies, hatred, jealousies, and pride was poured out on his purity. I don't know if we think about that enough. Christ on the cross, darkness covering the earth and He was made to be sin. Our sin, all that was bringing me to death, was poured out on him. All terrories, lies, and hatred, as Paul wrote to Titus, hated by others and hating one another, poured out on the sinless Savior. Can you quote it with me? For when the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul was counted free, for God the just was satisfied to look on him and pardon me. We sing it. It's miraculous truth. Look at verse 21 just again. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. This is a reconciling message. This is the message God has given us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God a brother in our church said Terry that's a great exchange okay put your sin over here and receive the righteousness of Christ and God did it because he loves us like it's it's great to read those three words for our sake for our sake what for me Lord amazing love how can it be that you did this for me so that is this glorious message of reconciliation. Isaiah would say he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. Like a lamb he was led to the slaughter for us. So that's why this is such a Christ-centered passage, it's through him, it's on behalf of him, it's, it's in him, creation's in him. He is the message. So that leads us to our, our final section, Ambassadors for Christ. So verse 19 and 20, that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us some message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So verses 19 and 20. We have been entrusted with a message. You know, Jesus told Nicodemus, if I've told you earthly things and you don't believe, how are you going to believe the heavenly things? Jesus, the true ambassador. I've come from heaven to earth. You know, in Corinthians talks about, for our sake, he who was rich was made to be poor. So Jesus came from the richness of his glory down into to make himself form of a servant in the likeness of of men. So the great ambassador from heaven to earth telling Nicodemus the truth about the kingdom. That girl told me, Terry, you must be born again. And, you know, I actually wanted to take her out, but her brothers wouldn't let me. (laughs) You're not going to date an unbeliever like that guy. You know what? I'm proud of her brothers. I didn't put that in, in the last time I said this, Barb, did I? There's my lovely white Barb. I'm, I'm thankful that God has brought us together. But do you know, uh, God gave, a, the Spirit spoke to Cornelius in the book of Acts. Send to Joppa and bring Peter, because he's going to bring a message to you that's going to save you. That's going to save you and your household. Jesus said in John 17, Father, I pray for those who are yet to believe through the message that these ones are going to bring. And this is this amazing message that I needed to hear that we all have heard by the grace of God that brings us to life. A message for our hearts that actually we can have this heart transplant that God can hear this beat of his son's heart in us. I think of Jesus as well at Jerusalem. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often. That that's a word God making his appeal through us. And and like a pleading, Christ in us pleading God pleading through us. I heard one man say, it says, God is getting on his knees to the world pleading, come. That Isaiah 55 reading, come to me. And he's pleading through his church. This message entrusted to us, God pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And you know, we were led in worship about this amazing love. Look up at verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us. He is now with his high regard for Christ as one who came to save us. As, as the Savior and Lord of heaven and earth. That now his love controls us. And again, it talks about his death and resurrection that we, in verse 15, might no longer live for ourselves, but for him who for our sake died and was raised. So now this love controls us. We're no longer living for ourselves. This heart beats now for God and, and is looking toward towards that glorious kingdom of God. So Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 4 that people are walking blindly. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of this gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So people, people walking blindly. So like those soldiers, 1,600 soldiers walking blindly the next day to their death unless they get this urgent message. The message is urgent. It's for the world is for people heading towards destruction. And if we look at chapter 6, we're not alone in this. Verse 1, working together with him. We appeal to you not to receive this grace in vain. So what, what, what's the time to give this message? It's now. In a favorable time I listen to you. In a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is a favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. So that's our call to be ambassadors for Christ as new creations and now reconciled, We have been given a task to sing it so everybody around here can hear it in the morning, to preach it, to proclaim it from the housetops, from, to our families, in the workplace, to our neighbors. It took Barbara and I about a week ago about an hour to, to get a cell phone straightened up. So of course, we got to talk about the Lord. Why not? And it was just no one got saved, but it was, it was great to be talking about the kingdom. Paul would say in Corinthians that he has come commissioned by God. And by open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves. And we speak in the sight of God in Christ. We're speaking about Christ. The message is Christ. He's come. He died. He's risen. He's Lord of all. And yes, That message did get to those soldiers. One of the messengers was killed. Many lives were saved in that story that I I said at the start in World War I with the British Army. I'd like to close with a verse from Acts. Jesus said to Paul, Paul, I'm sending you to open the eyes that are blind, that they might turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God and that they might receive forgiveness of sin and join the the place amongst those who are sanctified by me. So to any place, to any door God opens for us, this is the gospel. Be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for doing a work that shows your love, that we read and we've heard and we've sung over and over that while we were enemies, you sent your Son to die for us. Because you knew true life, abundant life from Christ is in beautiful fellowship with you. So I thank you, Lord, for each one this morning that has that fellowship with the Father and the Son through faith in Christ's death and resurrection and having received Him as Savior. And for those who don't know you, Lord, I pray that Christ himself would be pleading by his spirit now to be reconciled with God, to find Jesus as your treasure, to regard him as the son of God, who's given the name that is above every name. Father, we praise you through Christ. Amen.